Welcome to the shit show. Hello, my squirrel friends, and thank you for joining me on this very special episode where I'm going to be talking with Chris Williams, aka C Dubs on TikTok. You know, the guy who says fucking what? We're going to be talking about all kinds of stuff, uh, different murders, uh, especially the Joel Guy Jr. case. Um, so buckle up and get ready for a very long but fun episode. say thank you for doing this with me because like for some reason my podcast has been like hit or miss like some of the episodes have done really really well and mm-hmm. then some of them not so much <laughs> and I'm like what am I doing wrong I well I will say I don't think well thank you for also having me and you know I no problem I don't mind being on air at all I love true crime and spooky stuff so right up my alley it's all i do all day is listen to stuff like that so um but speaking from like i get it because you know it's, it's kind of even like the same thing with with uh tiktok or whatnot it's some some days you know some days you're on and then some days it's like you know you're on but then your views are down and you're like well what am i doing wrong like <laughs> yeah like so. i've had videos or i've had you know like I wouldn't even say their videos, like clips on TikTok that are like gotten like 300,000 views. And then like the next day I can barely get a hundred and I'm like, what? Yeah, that's, that's been, honestly, you're not alone. It has been happening to everyone recently, pretty bad, Uh, me included. And then a few other people, I don't know if, after they did I, I don't know if you noticed but i think it was like a week or two ago there was like some some type of bug that was on tiktok where it like took away everyone's like likes and followers and everyone's profile was showing like triple zero people were freaking out thinking they got banned it was after some update so i'm wondering if they prop they might have just updated the algorithm to make it more difficult for people <laughs> to get out there because it seems like that's all they do is they do an update thinking it's going to go well. And then it's like, well, now you're screwing over all the, you know, content creators that are trying to promote themselves because the views just continuously go down. TikTok is not my friend right now. I have reamed them so many times (laughs) because we get into arguments because they take down my videos and I'm like, I didn't even do anything wrong. And then I argue with them and then I send them tickets and then I pretend that I'm going to sue them. And then they put my videos back up. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to make you think I have enough money to sue you, sir. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, or the time. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. Uh, And then like, I don't get it. Like my husband, he wasn't really doing anything on TikTok. And then one day he was yelling about the construction. And so I was like, you should make Mm. a video about it. And he blew up overnight. Like, I'm talking, like, within a couple of weeks, like, 4,000 people followed him. I'm like, what in the world? That's awesome. That's <laughs> I'm like, awesome. all you did was yell in the <laughs> Yeah, well, that's, honestly, that's how I got, that's what happened to me is I, you know, I was making comedy videos and original skits. And, you know, I would kind of comment on some videos here and there. And then all of a sudden... I did like a reaction. I, I don't even want to call it a roast. It was more just like a reaction video to that uh, 
oh god i don't even remember her name the atrocity of uh wolf vicky <laughs> and oh my i gosh. did a roast like it was kind of like a roast but not like a i'm gonna hurt your feelings roast it was i commented <laughs> on her outfit and the next thing i know it it like it, it blew up and with it <clears throat> on a tuesday i had 1500 followers and when my fiance came home that night i had 20,000 Holy and crap. it was it just, yeah that that's my highest viewed video i got 5.8 million views on that one but that's how the the reaction video kind of took off like that's how it kind of became my little you know niche was i just kind of just started doing that because that's what people wanted to see and then i throw in my original skits and stuff like that but yeah i've had it the past few weeks like when, it's funny because when I do the reactions or I do the original skits, some of them do really well, some of them don't. But then when I promote my own stuff, it doesn't do well either. So it's like, oh, <laughs> like yeah, if I'm like promoting I, my I, podcast or, you know. <laughs> and I listened to your podcast, by the way. And at first I was like, what are they even talking about? Because mm -hmm. I kept spacing <laughs> out. And then I was like, oh, they're talking about sashimi. <laughs> yeah. So the first one that's why in my video i had to tell everyone to like listen the first episode is very chaotic it's all over the place but two through ten because we're, we're gonna do them in seasons so that's season one uh two through ten it gets way more structured like we went from being four friends in a room with a mic basically to now my one friend Vinny basically is kind of like the producer like he writes down what kind of like an idea of what we're going to talk about like three different topics he will literally look at us and like not snap his fingers but do the motion if we're like all right you've been talking for too long like move it along to the next subject so he kind of like really put us in place so now now because me and my buddy joe have a have a tendency to kind of trail off <laughs> into other things so he he really like got us under control so i'm excited for we're gonna sprinkle in some more episodes and then we just got a new guy to join our team on uh season two because um adam the guy who was talking about sashimi uh mm -hmm. just showed up one day and then just <laughs> never came back <laughs> oh wow okay like he's still in the group chat like he just never answers and we're like oh i get it but he you know what he lives in new york city so it was really hard for him to commute back and forth to new jersey to do a video you know a taping and again we're all not like technologically sound so like i wouldn't even know how to set up like a dummy phone number to have him like record in or stuff like that so um but he said right off the bat, he was like, it's going to be something I might not be here permanently. I might just show up one day. And then we were like, whatever. So we just got another guy that's local that I know. Um, and yeah, we're excited to see what, what happens. But I was nervous, though, with the first one about how like chaotic it was, because I, I was 11 minutes into my own episode. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like and I felt bad. <laughs> that's how my husband's podcast is though. So like he has his own podcast with a bunch of people and like randomly they're like, You need to come in because I'm like a mouth. Like I will like <sighs> I will take the conversation so far off topic. <laughs> so they like having me in because I'm like that chaotic energy. But like they talk about the most random stuff and like sometimes I'm like, all right, y'all need to like, you need to have somebody 
because they record theirs and they put it on Patreon. I'm like, you need to have somebody give oh, y'all okay. like a signal because like <laughs> sometimes we don't even talk about the topic we say we're going to talk about till like 20 minutes in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, 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 that's my Vinny. That's what he does. Is he basically, <laughs> he holds up a piece of paper and then taps the side of the paper and goes, move on. And it's like, <laughs> okay. And then we segue into something else. The other thing that we haven't really nailed yet is, um, oh, the reason episode one real quick was so chaotic was we also didn't have a name for like three episodes. Like we were just like, what are we going to call ourselves? So we kind of did the, uh, like the type of episodes, like how it's a little chaotic. We did that on purpose because we wanted it to be like, you know, kind of not heavily edited, really just kind of like, like you're sitting in the room with us almost like you're just kind of observing and it's raw and unfiltered, but definitely as we go along, the episodes got cleaned up and it went from like the first three episodes taking too much time. Like we were like, Oh my God, we've been here for, cause we usually start recording at like, uh, I think it's like six 30 or something. And by eight 30, we're like, we're still going. And we're like, Oh my God, like there's so much to edit to now. We literally have it down pat where we can knock out literally three episodes in an hour and a half. Like, it's just like, dink, dink, dink. Now that we're all in sync and, you know, we have someone managing us. (laughs) If not, we would literally be talking about nothing for... Well, I mean, we do talk about nothing, but you know what I mean? But yeah, you would like talk about nothing for three hours. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. That's why I have like, so like on mine, like what I've been doing is like, I put up a Word document of like what I want to talk about. So like, Mm. it kind of helps me stay on track because like I... I introduce all the episodes, Hello Squirrel Friends, because I always go off topic, always. And it's always something (laughs) random that comes to mind. Like, um, I just did an episode about H.H. Holmes. And (laughs) yeah, and there was like this article I found that talked about like how his uh, people described him in his childhood as weird because he was obsessed with death and skeletons. Hmm. And I'm like, uh, that's me. <laughs> I'm like, you could have described that as me as a kid, because like I was writing horror stories at like ten. Oh like, wow! Like little, like they weren't long. They were like you know, like five pages. But it was like um, the one I talked about in the episode. It was like the golden key, where if you touch it, it and, and put it in a door, uh, it opens up any dimension or thing that you're obsessed with, like the ocean or aliens or whatever. But the only problem oh. is if you use the key too much, you die. <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool. That's a um, good idea. And <laughs> you should turn it yeah, into well, a but like when I was like ten, when I wrote it, my mom's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> Because my family is Italian and Roman Catholic, and here I am talking about like death. And my mom at ten, yeah. my mom was like, um, "So Sunday school for you? Uh, you need some more Jesus, apparently." <laughs> I did the same thing. I was too much into action movies, and I swear to God, in second grade, uh, the teachers same thing was like, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" And I. <laughs> I still have the paper somewhere. Do not ask me why I chose this, but my dad was into like action movies and I literally put down two things. It was either 
a professional wrestler or a hitman. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. That's what I put down. And they were like, um, then they called my parents immediately because they were like, um, your son wants to be a hitman when he grows up? Like, what is that about? I don't even think I said hitman. I think I actually wrote professional killer. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, you know, that makes me think of like my story and I think it was second grade. We had to write, they gave us, man, I'm telling you, when we grew up, they gave us good school materials because like, it's like an actual book. Like it has a hard cover and pages inside and everything. And we were supposed Mm -hmm. to write a story about whatever. The the topic was completely up to us. And I remember asking my teacher, like, I don't know what to write about. And so she was like, well, write about unicorns. And me at the time, I was like, uh, right. (laughs) So, but I did, I wrote about unicorns, right? And it started out so nice. And then like, for some reason I got it stuck in my head and I don't, this is one of those, don't ask me why, but I got (laughs) stuck in my head that the Chinese (laughs) invaded, (laughs) the Chinese invaded the U.S. and killed all the unicorns. And like, I even had a picture with little men with helmets on shooting unicorns and there was like blood all over the page and like i remember my mom having to go into the school because i called a parent conference about it they were like um that's hysterical (laughs) you had red dawn (laughs) and i still have it and i remember my kids found it and they were like you wrote this i was like yeah i did my my son's like you're weird Don't ever read that again. (laughs) And I was like, give that to me. But like, I was reading Stephen King by like 12. Like, I remember my first Stephen King book. I bought it at a yard sale. Mm -hmm. And I still have it. And I was like 12 years old. Yeah. I kind of came into the whole uh, true crime, like serial killer thing, supernatural stuff, like way later in life. Like probably... I don't know. And I think it it happened in my early 20s because when I was like, probably when I was actually 20, because when I was a kid, like I was afraid of everything. So I couldn't Mm -hmm. even like watch horror movies or like, you know, I would be terror. The guy from freaking Unsolved Mysteries used to scare me. (laughs) (laughs) It's just his voice. I would be like, oh my God. And the first episode I was ever exposed to was this woman who somehow ended up outside of her house, but was frozen, like, outside of her house, because she lived in, like, North Dakota, and it was winter or something. Yeah, and I just, I can still remember her face, and it scared me so much. Like, it was obviously a fake person, but it scared me (laughs) so much that I was never allowed to be in the living room when my grandparents and my mom were watching that show, because I would run away. But then all of a sudden, as I got older, I wanted to, at first I wanted to be, I wanted a career in criminal justice. I wanted to be a cop. And then all of a sudden I was thinking like, no, I really want to see what makes, you know, like, like crazy people, like serial killers, people that just one day absolutely snap, like what makes them tick. So I wanted to be like, almost like a, like a criminal psychologist. And then that obviously didn't happen. So (laughs) then, um, (laughs) which basically now makes me a comedian. And then, right. so then I, you know, then I did all this uh, research and, and then all of a sudden, I don't know, all of a sudden just 
honestly, I, when I'm doing my day job, I literally just have my phone next to me. And sometimes, like, I'll just YouTube, like, um, uh, either, you know, murder interrogations or, or there's a few good YouTube channels that I really like that, that like, actually break down the psychology of the, the person that they're, you know, investigating and stuff like that. So it's, it's really cool. So, like, I really get into that stuff just because it, like, fascinates me. I'm like, I don't understand how people just go from, like, one, like they just don't go oh, I'll divorce my wife because that makes sense. What I'll, Actually, what I'll do is I'll just murder her. And, and put then, her head it, in the stew pot. It, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And everything will be fine. And it's right. like, that's, that's not how it works. Like, what? Like how is that? How is that like less worse than divorce? I'd rather be broke than in prison. Like, right. <laughs> and like, you um, know, uh, have you watched Mindhunter on Netflix? Yes, I watched the first season. I haven't finished the the second season, but that guy who plays uh, Ed Kemper. Holy is, cow, mirror image, I thought right? it was him. Right? I was like, oh my God. I mean, yeah, his mannerisms crazy. and everything. Like, if you go on YouTube and you see interviews with with Ed Kemper and then you watch this guy, mm-hmm. you're like, <laughs> Yeah, he's got the same mannerisms. He talks the same way, like. That that's another one, you know, real quick that that I, I have watched that interview that his like famous '90s interview or whatever it was, but he he's kind of like he knew there was something wrong with him. Yes. But he just didn't know. I don't know if he just didn't know how to stop or he was just doing it to spite his mother. Like he just was like, I knew there was something wrong, and I knew that I was going to kill these people as soon as I met them, but I just couldn't do anything about it. Yeah, and like I was that like, one that's college crazy. Girl. He was like, I just saw her and I knew when I looked at her, I was going to kill her. I was like, oh, wow. But like, <laughs> yeah. wh- how, like where, how does your mind go to that? You know what I mean? Like, if you think about it, when you go out in public and you see people, you don't, your first yeah. thought isn't, you know what? I'm going to kill you. <laughs> like, yeah. it's just- like, like I've had people literally like get, you know, I'm, I'm sure we all have at one point we've had people scream at us in our face like bosses whatever we had to deal with like basically belittling us to no end and not once has the thought ever been like i'm gonna murder that person it was just more like i don't like you and i don't need to be around you i may want to beat you up but i don't want to like you know murder you like i don't want to kill you that's crazy like that's just how my head yeah i don't understand how these people go from and then the the craziest part is that they rationalize it yeah and they 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 but it's but it's like it's so crazy because they rationalize it but it's not it's it's completely irrational at the time but they think it's like clear as day like this is the sign and it's like it's it's not (laughs) you're gonna go to jail (laughs) right and like i did this one episode on the female hannibal lecter have you heard about her no oh you haven't hold on now i gotta go look at her name what her name was uh but she was one of my first episodes and like her story like makes no sense at all. Cause like, first of all, she's not a, a, a looker by any <laughs> sense of the imagination. Her name was Catherine Mary Knight and she's an Australian woman. Um, oh, and was, was that she, the woman that, um, I don't know if it was the same one, but it was the one where it's like one of Australia's like worst 
crime scenes that they went through where she murdered was it the one where she murdered her boyfriend I think I, no? I can't remember if they would if it was the boyfriend or if it if they had actually gotten married but like she's the only female Australian woman to ever get life in prison without parole yeah she, like that's she, how bad um, it was she she almost did the same thing with uh that Joel guy did right she like hung his like innards up on the door Mm-mm. is that oh no that's not skin. the same she, yeah 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 his she, skin yeah yeah she right. took his skin off and like hung it around the house <laughs> and then she yeah, had and- <laughs> his head in a stew pot with a bunch of vegetables and she had put plates out on the table because she was planning on serving him to her to his kids yes yeah okay no i have heard of that one i actually yeah. uh i think i came across that on um I think I did come across it on YouTube. I think it was maybe like a documentary or something. And, and it was crazy because I, I do vaguely remember the neighbor across the street who said, uh, if you see my truck in the driveway, she's done me in yes. <laughs> like the next day. And then, yeah. And then the next day he was dead. Yeah. Yeah. That, well, and he told his like, coworkers that too. He was like, I'm leaving work, but if I don't come tomorrow, I'm dead. And she did it. It's like, well, damn, then what the fuck did you go home for, sir? Yeah, right? Like, (laughs) Like, you know, because that's insane. And yeah, because she did, she, so she had signs where, I don't know how this guy didn't leave, but the- For a long time. Yeah, her first husband, or or maybe it was an ex-boyfriend, said that she constantly- uh would like almost like beat him up but then one time like he had gotten a puppy and she like slit the puppy's throat and killed it and then tied another one or something to like a train track and it was like how her baby so the first so the first oh yeah yeah (laughs) the first husband she had four in total four different baby daddies so riddle me that batman how she did that i have no idea (laughs) but it was her baby the first time and the guy went back to her she put her kid on the train tracks went into town and tried to shoot people and the guy took her back and i'm like oh my gosh what yeah that makes no sense (laughs) and then the guy that she killed the the dog she also hit him in the face with a uh uh, cast iron skillet and he stayed and i'm just like sir (laughs) Yeah, like, uh, run? Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I, like, I, like, I told my husband, I'm like, you know, I, I know that if, you know, if you ever died, everybody would look at me. But, like, the most violent <laughs> thing I've ever done is throw a shoe at you. And that was as a joke. Like, yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, if I hit you, legit hit you with a frying pan, I would not expect you to stay. <laughs> Yeah, like and vice versa. Like I would expect you to be like, okay, I need. I'm gonna call the cops, and you're gonna go to jail. <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> like, like I, yeah, I don't that... understand that at all. And no, and then she, and then she could remember. keep going. She kept having relationships, and I'm just like, ma'am, how? How did you convince these guys to be with you? And then. She somehow tries to convince the police that she didn't know what she was doing. Oh, yeah, because she took sleeping pills, right? That was yes. the... 
She was like, yeah. I was I was out of my mind. Uh no ma'am. Not like that. Yeah, that <laughs> there's no, like not even you know, not to mention that what you did was the epitome of a rage killing. Like, right. <laughs> like, like like it wasn't like, you know, oh, I just decided one day I needed insurance money. Like you spread him around the house. Like this is like if you right. were any more evil you know like it's, it blows my mind and it's like again I don't know how she wasn't in prison before that because she had so many you know I guess that would be used as an extreme you got this woman who who clearly showed signs that she was gonna eventually murder someone but then you had you know the the guy that uh, we're gonna talk about Joel Guy Jr. who had none like he no signs that he was gonna do what he did and it is just crazy and same thing with you know chris watts as well like like no history of violence no mental illness no nothing he just panicked and unfortunately murdered his whole family which was like how do you rationalize that in your head like (laughs) yeah i I don't don't know. know and then i just did um somebody asked me to do a like a episode about this mom who killed her or stepmom who killed her kid and there was one person that i took um that i researched because it was like you know one it was only one case and so i was like i have to fill it more than like five minutes and i found robin hmm. have you heard of robin Rowe? uh i don't think so she like so she huh, she somehow was able to convince police for like a few days that she didn't mean to kill her husband and two kids. Uh. That it was just an accident. But then it was later revealed that she actually killed another one of her kids like 10 years prior with a fire as well. And it's like, so you already know she's got a dead kid from a fire and now her husband and two kids 12 years later are dead from a fire and you're not you're not wondering if they're related at all like really yeah like like what is happening here like there's so much correlation between the two and you're just like nah that was that happened on monday it's wednesday (laughs) right and it's you know and it's not even the first one the other one i found was like uh mary beth tinning have you heard of that because she's from new york i don't know if Mary Beth Kenning. No. Kenning, uh, yeah. What what did she what did she do? She killed nine of her kids. Oh nine. my gosh. Nine. Okay, so you know the average birth takes you know nine months to, to Yeah. To sh- and she did it nine times. And oh nobody caught gosh. on to the last kid. And I'm like That's how? crazy. I mean, one or two, okay, but nine? It took you nine to go, hmm. <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah, uh, maybe we should look into this woman. Like, right. you know, like, really? And That's it's not like, like uh, she moved all over New York. Like, she stayed in the same area. So it's like, so this woman, okay. Nobody at the hospital was like, where are your other kids? Oh, that's right, they're dead. And you're and you're having another one. Okay. <clears throat> that was like the woman, I, I can't remember her name, but it, I'll have to find it for you. Because it is, it's actually a creepy video. Because... <clears throat> it's in Chicago and she had she had five children but her fifth child went missing 
and she had constant, you know, welfare checks and like uh, child endangerment stuff against her. I don't know how she was able to keep her kids, but in the in the video, the police cam, he's walking in the back because he's like because no one was coming to the front door. So he's walking into the back of the house, and I kid you not, in the audio, there is a kid's voice that says, I'm in the backyard. And it, and, and there's no kids around him. It's like a whisper. It's so creepy. My hair on my arms is standing up. Because they went into the house, and the two-year-old was sitting on the steps staring out the window, and then kept saying in a mumbled, you know, two-year-old gibberish, but he was saying, Mama Kill." mama kill and was sitting down the stairs and it was driving me nuts because I picked it up in the video and I was like oh my god he's he's saying mama kill when the cop is asking the mother about where's your son and I shit you not they found the kid in the backyard once she cracked and told them what happened she was abusing them and then unfortunately he he, he did something and her and her boyfriend killed him you know, that makes me think of the, the three boys that I just did episodes <laughs> on from uh, Los Angeles County. I know that uh, Gabriel. Oh, Fernandez. Yeah. Fernandez. He was on, he was on Netflix, but Noah Cuatro. Um, <clears throat> and, oh God, don't let me forget the other little boy's name. Um, I can't think of his name now. Um, but there were three, there were three boys hmm. that they were all under the supervision of the, um, LA County, um, family services unit. And I'm like, oh my how, and like, they had records of like them going and seeing these kids, Anthony Avalos, that was the other kid. So it was Anthony Avalos, Noah Cuatro and Gabriel Fernandez. And like, they all were under the surveillance of the family services. And I'm like, how were uh, these? And then uh, Noah, the worst part about Noah's case was a judge actually granted them to take him. And it never got oh. carried out. They never, oh somebody gosh. higher up in family services was like, nah, we're not going to take him now. And he died like, oh. A month later and it's like uh, how yeah, like that's, that's what, are you, what are you doing like even <clears throat> i as, as a counselor when i've had to go into crisis situations and i see like the living situation and whatnot if i even suspect for a heartbeat that there's something wrong i'm calling the police and i'm calling child family services like yeah yeah as you should because right and like, it's like you know, so like... why didn't anybody do anything and these kids were like like gabriel was severely underweight and yeah, if i remember correctly that... so was noah so it was quite obvious that something was wrong and you're just like man he's all right we're gonna close this case now it's like Ugh. yeah they really dropped the ball on that and i mean <clears throat> i've spoke with different people about that and you know, and, for, and it, it 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 sucks because it, it could have been prevented. And literally, the, the his mother only had him or took him back because she realized she would get extra money from the state. Like mm -hmm. it, it's it's just a terrible thing. And and I mean, do I think the people that mishandled the case should go to jail for life? 
I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but for a, a long time, yeah, because you know th that was gross misconduct on their behalf, and it was like I don't understand how you could deal with that, you know, like or not deal with it. I guess you could say. Yeah, because, and, the, uh, and that the, was terrible. The <laughs> series ends with them being prosecuted, but they the judge actually ends up dropping the case against the the workers because there oh wasn't enough proof that they had anything to do with his his death and i'm like the bullshit it doesn't yeah yeah they um, didn't help that they didn't do anything <laughs> they, yeah. they they falsified documents saying that they saw this kid and there's no way because the teacher's telling you that the kid has bruises all over his face from his mom shooting him in the face with a fucking bb gun but you're yeah. writing a report saying he looks fine how how, are you, how is that not criminal? Yeah, literally. And then, you know, then you have people on the other side of the spectrum who are legitimately, like, not, uh, not kids, but, like, in the terms of, like, what they end up doing, like, legitimately out of their mind and they get off because they're insane. I don't know if you've heard of um, Dina Schlosser. That sounds um, familiar. She, she was kind of like a uh, religious fanatic would be probably an understatement. <laughs> uh, she believed that she could talk to God uh, and her crazy pastor who she ended up, I think being with at one point or some guy followed this pastor. But anyway, she had a baby and the baby was sitting in the high chair and she was reading something and said that a line jumped out from the book. Now this, this thing, um, because I'm basically paraphrasing, what had happened to her had happened several times. Like several times cops were called because she was seeing things in the middle of the street that weren't there, like all this stuff. So she should have never, ever had access to a small child because she was reading the Bible and it said uh, something about, and do not quote me because I haven't read the Bible in forever, but I, it was something about if the right hand offend thee then take it off or something like that yeah mm -hmm. so she went she goes oh yeah that means i gotta cut my daughter's arms off so she did with a nine inch butcher knife cut her baby arms off completely and then started trying to cut her arms off and then they found her because uh someone i think the she called her husband or something and told him uh I cut our baby's arms off like just just like that like no crying no nothing and he was like then this is what kills me he doesn't call the cops he calls the pastor's friend who then calls the pastor who then calls somebody else who finally was like no call the cops like what are you doing they called the cops unfortunately the baby passed away from blood loss and she was brought to a psychiatric hospital uh, where she was diagnosed the case against her the murder case was thrown out because she was criminally insane then she served time in in uh, like you know the loony bin and then was moved to an outpatient facility and she's free today she's like walking around in, in New Hampshire or something I, I, like I was like I don't understand how that gets a pass like you murdered your, your one year old like viciously whether you you know whether you were in your right mind or not you still did it <laughs> you know I, I just don't understand what makes people snap i guess you know i don't know and you know that lady the mary beth tinning that i was talking about that killed nine of her kids yeah she's out walking three right now 
that's insane. Right? And that, I'm just like, uh, I mean, like, they they wrote in the, the article that I looked at, they said that, you know, she, she has to report to somebody in the Department of Corrections, and she has to do domestic violence counseling, and she has a curfew. I'm like, ah, that's all nice and good, but I would be scared to death to walk any child under the age of two by her, because none of her kids live past two or three. So I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> There's just some people that I just lock the door and throw away the key like that. <laughs> yeah, so, I don't blame you. <laughs> uh -uh. And I'm all for the for the you know for some people for the death penalty too because again it's like you really want that person to be having uh, a cot in free square like yeah literally yeah like like honestly Gabriel. Uh, it was Fernandez, right? Or yeah, Fernandez. Mm -hmm. yeah, the Fernandez case, yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, there, his parent, or, well, his mother, and then the, the boyfriend, I had said after I watched that documentary, I was like, yeah, well, a bullet is way cheaper than, you know, keeping those people. They don't even deserve to go to jail. They deserve to get the death penalty. That was ridiculous. Mm -hmm. like, and the stepdad did get, did get it because he didn't take a plea yeah, deal. He went oh, to, that's he right, went to yeah. court. But Pearl, his mom, did take a plea deal. And that's the only reason why she avoided the death penalty. And I'm but just see, like, like, yeah, it, no. Mm -mm. <laughs> yeah, but it, it sucks because, like, even when they get the death penalty, like, they may not be executed for 10 years. You know, it's like, and it's like, just, just take them out back. And then, think, good night. That's it. <laughs> goodbye. You're, you're no longer, like, I, I, I don't understand. You take a life, you lose your life. That's that's how it should be. I tell you, if they implemented that in the Ameri or like the world's justice system, I think there would be way fewer murders, for sure. Yeah, and I mean, I agree with story, you completely. Because but... like, I actually talked about that in my last episode. I was like, not to get all serious, but why does it take so long to kill someone once they've been convicted and 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 you know you are you are a murderer you have been sentenced to death why does it take 20 years to kill somebody why yeah it's ridiculous it's unacceptable and like, like I, I get the you know oh we have to be humane about it because like you know we we did out with hanging because you know hanging wasn't that <laughs> because some people still survived <laughs> yeah, so, like, yeah. so i get that but and i get you know the electric chair is a waste of energy, in my opinion. So that's why we've been doing the injection. But I'm sorry, if it costs me $800 to get a steroid injection in my back from my doctor, is that why it takes so long? Because like, yeah. <laughs> like what why don't we just do it like Mother Russia and take you out back behind the chemical shed? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> And then, you know, because didn't they, uh, I don't know if they did it in America, but I think I may, maybe it was France that did it, but then did away with it. They did used to do the firing squad, but what they do, what they did, they unbeknownst to the, I think it was like six people and they would line the prisoner, whatever they did on the wall and six people would raise their gun. No one knew which gun the bullet had in it. So no, so once the you know the one hit the guy in the head or the person or whatever it, it was kind of like no one knew who who did it you know like it was one of those where so those people could sleep at night because they don't know if it was them like they don't know who had the real bullet and who had blanks so that's how they used to do it and then they did away with it because they're like it's not humane and i was like well 
agreed but i was like you know you dismember somebody i was like that's not really humane either but you know yeah what like, are we doing uh, here we used to do that too yeah uh yeah and well and you know and i was thinking about when you said like you don't know which gun i think that would be worse for me just because i have anxiety uh, you'd be like <laughs> i know it was me it had to be i felt that it was real you know like <laughs> yeah <laughs> True, true. So that's probably Someone's not up a good for like strategy. eight days because they can't. They're trying to like figure out the logistics of where the bullet came from. Like that yeah, would be or, me. <laughs> or what you do is you take another serial killer, or you know, not even if the person's a serial killer, you keep one around, and then you go here, creepy, and then you <laughs> give them all the criminals, and then they murder them, and then that's it. And then that guy gets his fix, I guess. Not saying it's right, but if it's other criminals like Dexter, I don't really care. You know? Right. <laughs> like, you know, but... Um, well, I feel like someone like the way, like we were talking about Edmund Kemper, if he was still around, he would be the guy with have executing people. Yeah, literally, literally. He because would be, he was, he would he be was so calm with law enforcement, but I feel like he would have no problem, like capping another person that was on the death row like i really think he'd be fine with it yeah no i I think he'd be like this is fine this is my penance and it's like he'd be like all right so can we get coffee now like (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly like that dude honestly could physically rip someone's head off and then be like when's lunch (laughs) yeah exactly or like uh like some of the interview that i watched him in like he could have i feel like he would have that conversation with you like over pizza like how he dismembered someone and you'd just be sitting there like uh yeah because i think i think in in mindhunter i I know this didn't happen like this interview didn't happen in real life but in mindhunter I, i believe the guy is in a jail cell and or like you know the little like common area and he's basically telling the fbi agent over like coffee how he cut off his mother's head kept it around and then sodomized it (laughs) yeah just to spite her it was like oh my gosh see he'd be one that i want to interview but you know who i actually have no interest in oh manson no interest None. Yeah, he, he was just a master manipulator. Well, he's not now. He like, have you seen oh, yeah. like his some of his court <laughs> appearances? Oh yeah, I I haven't seen any recent ones, but you know, or anything like it in the past. Like, you know, I don't even know if he went back to to court or anything in like the past ten years or whatever. But I saw the early ones where he the per, the reporter asked him a question, and he like hard resets. Like he's just like (laughs) yelling gibberish at the at the lady or at the judge. Actually, yeah, he was out of his mind. And then you're like, and he actually thought he could convince these people to let him out. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) like like, (laughs) idiot. Like, (laughs) yeah, exactly. His whole his whole method or or, uh, motive was ludicrous too. He wanted to kill all the rich white people make it look like black people did it and then he would be the like president of the race war <laughs> it's like what? yes <laughs> now did you see the conspiracy theory that connected him and david berkowitz together no i did not oh my gosh it's so good like it's a documentary on david berkowitz mm-hmm. but it talks about how they think this this particular cop 
you know, and like a couple other people have been researching this since the killings. Mm-hmm. That he somehow was involved in a whole ass like group that also included Charles Manson. And they were wow. trying, because if you think about it, Charles Manson and David Berkowitz, their murders weren't far apart. And yeah. so like they think that they were connected in like this big giant group that was trying to start this whole race war issue in the U.S. And it was like a coast to coast operation. Wow. They tracked David all the way to South Dakota, which is where they also had previously tracked Charles Manson and like a known associate. And like, I was like, that's actually like really interesting. And then when they started to connect these two other guys that lived down the street from David, both mm. guys died in like whacked out circumstances. Like, it makes you go, well, wait a minute. So did they actually die that way? Or does it, is it look made to look like they died that way? Yeah. And like, I couldn't that stop watching it. I binge watched the whole thing. I would think it was, I think it's like four hours. <laughs> I just sat and watched oh the whole thing. Cause I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't take my eyes off of it. Cause I was like, holy crap, this is insane. Like that's actually yeah. really, why didn't anybody like believe these guys to go down that road? What if it really was this big like cult thing? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Look at, um, what is that stupid Baptist church that likes to picket soldiers' funerals and gay funerals and, you know what I'm talking uh, about? Yeah, I know what you're, I don't know the name, but I know what you're talking about. <laughs> like, and, and they're, they're a national operation. Because I remember standing yeah. at the gates at Fort Hood and we created like a human wall to not let them in because they were trying to protest at the base. I remember that so i'm like and these guys have been i know they've been in virginia and florida and like new york i think so like these guys are all over too so what's who's to say that this didn't happen in the 60s yeah i mean it very well could have for sure and because i'm sorry Um, but david berkowitz was an idiot yeah (laughs) (laughs) like if you listen to like his his if you listen to his police interviews and what he says to the press going into court he he's not smart like yeah at all and like and you're like and this guy killed how many people and got away with it before y'all caught him yeah <laughs> like <laughs> like can he tie his how? own shoes sir like how did yeah. he you're expecting me to believe that he would just knock on some random person's window, cap them, walk away, and not get caught? I don't believe that for a second that he didn't trip over himself in the street or something. <laughs> like, yeah, right? Like, oops. Sorry, there goes my gun. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, and, no he's, mind. and he's a doofus. Like, I mean, a legit doofus. And I'm just like, well, how? Well, so you... <laughs> That that basically remind basically reminds me of what I was telling you with the Joel Guy Jr. case. He had a list of how to get away, a list of how not to leave evidence. But the list ended up becoming evidence because he left the list in the house. And <laughs> also, side note, like with that, like I don't know if you watched. I couldn't find an interrogation on him, but I did watch like uh like basically what. You know, uh, I think there, there's um, a YouTube page called That Chapter, 
and then Monsters, and then JCS Psychology, I think is the other one. And these guys all like do walkthroughs of the video. So I, I rewatched it again to like refresh myself with it because it just stays in my mind. But he basically walked in, killed his father, ambushed his mother, then tried to like basically dismember them. But he, his hands were so caught, cut up from using a knife to kill his parents that he just turned the thermostats up in the house dismembered them but then left like left to go to the hospital to fix his injuries in baton rouge louisiana from like tennessee so he goes back but then is seen coming coming back now i this is where it got like confusing in the video i don't know if he did the dismemberment before he left to go to the hospital or after because he's seen going through a walmart or something and kept the receipt for gloves like uh I, I think it was like zip ties and bleach and all this other stuff no disguise just walking through walmart like oh yeah i'll buy this then his you know does his business and then leaves with the he, he i guess his plot was to like burn down the house and make it look like the father killed the mother but he leaves to go back to baton rouge to you know basically create an alibi for himself and as the cops show up, they're like, his freaking DNA is everywhere, which is hilarious. But he has this journal, which was in a backpack, which had the list in it, which was in his room that he was staying at. And it had in the, the, the thing his parents were found in were two blue bins that he was saw purchasing at Walmart, who his sister saw in the back of his fucking car. The day of Thanksgiving, or whenever yeah. before Thanksgiving, it, like how, and his defense attorney <laughs> tried to say that it wasn't him, and they were like, the prosecutor annihilated him and was just like, really, you're telling me that the journal that had the list on how to not to, how to get away with murder, uh, saying things like once they're gone, everything is mine, is found in the backpack of the son who's staying in the room in the house and somehow that's not the guy that did it you know with yeah. the two bins and all the stuff it was ridiculous and the, honestly at the very end in the closing statement the defense attorney goes <laughs> on the day before their murder Joel was happy fun and like something else like ha whatever like another word for happy and he's like and he just keeps repeating it this is not someone who goes out and murders parents like that. And it's like, yeah, you're just making shit up because this case was brought to you. And you're like, dude, you're done. Like, you're going to, you're going to get 20. Like, if I was his defense attorney, I'd be like, I'll take the money, but you're going to lose bad. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, and like, so I actually did some research on the, on the Joel Jr. website and like uh, his murder and everything. And like, he started buying stuff at November 7th. Like they have him um, at Ace Hardware buying acid and food grade hydrogen peroxide. And then a few days later at Home Depot buying a bleach sprayer, extension cords and a timer. And then the next day at Academy Sports buying a Marine style K-Bar knife. 
And then on the 21st, he was buying plastic blue totes large enough for the bodies um, at Walmart. Yeah. And then like, he killed them on the 26th. And then, like you said, he went and got <laughs> all the stuff for himself to, to like cover his hand. His, his, I guess he had a, according to this, he had a deep cut on his thumb. And so he yeah. was trying to buy all the stuff from Walmart at like 3.30 in the afternoon. And it's all there. It's, it's like you said, they see him walking through the aisles, getting all the stuff, all the bandages and everything. <laughs> and I'm like, you yeah. did absolutely no work to try and like make it look like it wasn't you. Like there's so, it goes back so far. Yeah. And his stuff in his, in his notepad had things like uh, use uh, acid, denature proteins, uh, and then had the written amounts of how much his father had in like a 401k, his bank account, credit cards. It was like, this was so ridiculously like, like it was, it was actually like hilarious when they read it in court because it was like, why are we even here? Like he clearly <laughs> did it. Like what? Like there's but no murder's way not funny, that someone. Murder is not funny. Yeah, I, that all no, the time. I laugh funny, all the time at the stupidity. No, no, no. It, I laugh all the. That's what I say on my podcast all the time. I'm like, I laugh at the stupidity, and I'm like, but murder's not funny. <laughs> yeah, murder's not <laughs> funny. I'm murder's just laughing funny. at how much of an idiot he was. <laughs> yes. And like, also, his... there's a picture. Oh, go, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just gonna say, there's there. a picture of him smiling, like in one of his. He looks. I'm not even joking, and it made me giggle. Because listen, people, he killed people so I can make fun of him. He <laughs> literally looks like a fat gerbil. He in does. One picture. Like he the, is like the smiling, lopsided and I'm like, face, right? Is that the picture yeah, you're talking like about? He, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm when like, I first oh my saw god, it, your hamster. <laughs> when I first saw the picture, I was like, that's got to be wrong. Like I actually kept looking. I was like, that can't be right. Like why does he look like that? Yeah. Oh, and then real quick, not to mention the other thing that he did that messed everything up is he, in front of his family, who openly knows that he hates the world, the day of, or the day, I think it was the day before or whatever, that they were all there. They were like, yeah, it was really weird. Joel was really happy and like giddy and gave the kids like toys. He never does that. It's like, like, what? Like, if he would have just stayed mad or like stayed like I don't like my you know stayed in his room and like acted normal not he definitely wouldn't have gotten away with it but it would have been like way less you know uh suspicious than like yeah why is why is he like his sister even said like something's gonna happen like he, he's acting weird and it's right. like yeah like he because he's gonna murder his parents when you guys leave and unfortunately he did, <laughs> right? but, yeah ugh. And like he he was like I was reading through what he did and like honestly I was floored because like I did talk about this in my lap is episode where like I understand stabbing someone if you're gonna kill them I understand stabbing them like three or four times right because you're trying yeah. like especially if it's a panic kill because you're just trying to like kill them right but this yeah. dude killed stabbed his dad at least forty two times and his mom at least thirty one like talk about yeah. overkill like. Why? Yeah, the me the medical examiner said that he stabbed his mother so hard that the knife actually like broke bones and like severed ribs. 
like that's how hard he was stabbing her and the same thing with the father he like broke his father's like chest cavity and it was terror and then to to the prosecutor had said in the one video as she's explaining to the jury like what he did he severed his father's hands and like left them in the like the gym room but also left them near like a bag with his father's like cigarettes on it so it was kind of like a like a big fu dad like kind of thing like it was it was ridiculous and then then you know what he did to to his mother like that's just uh, yeah he's another one that put her head in a pot and turned on the stove yeah like i and then set the house to like 95 degrees because he was trying to make them decompose faster and it was just like oh my like how do you do that to your parents like and he clearly it didn't phase him because he was just like oh it's just another day at the office i guess like you know and then then he spent after they were done the the executor of the, the estate the sister started seeing massive transactions from like he paid his rent like almost a year in advance for his hotel or uh, not sorry apartment not hotel the apartment complex <laughs> and then paid like a big chunk of money to his school and then paid all this other shit and it's like he didn't even wait like he did it like immediately and it was like wow talk about big red flag on yourself man like jesus yeah, and, and did you read from... what he wrote in, in a letter to authorities while he was in jail? Did you see that No, part? I did not. Okay, no. so he wrote a letter to the authorities while he was in jail, wait, I guess waiting for his trial. Um, uh, and he had like, and he wrote in the letter that he had thoughts of harming another inmate while he slept. Well, and he was like, uh, he wrote like, I'm, I'm writing this letter because I don't want to end up with like a disciplinary infraction or criminal charges. Um, I don't know what to do, but I shouldn't be allowed access to another person while they're unconscious. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> what, what were you trying to do there, sir? Like, I guess it was like six days after he was convicted of murdering his parents. He wrote this letter and I'm like, what, what was the goal here exactly? Like, why are yeah. you telling them that if you, they put you in a room with another person, you're going to get, because that's going to get you solitary, for one. And you think it's bad now? Yeah. Um, solitary, you get one hour a day, my man, to not be in yourself. Like, why would you do that to yourself? Yeah. Yeah. He, he's just, he's clearly not, you know, not smart. Um, uh, uh, yeah. And that was, you know, and that was, all just because his parents were cutting him off because they needed money for retirement. That was it. And he was like, well, now I'm just going to dismember you and kill you and live off your insurance money. And it's, it's always the insurance money too. And they never get it ever. Right. <laughs> it's like they, especially the, you know, the people that like kill their spouse because they want the insurance money. They never get it because they always get caught. It's, and his story know, actually made me think of another person that happened earlier this year um i don't know if you heard about this guy in florida named sage curry no i did i did not hear about that actually so it was um it was in like april maybe may um Mm -hmm. he is a 19 year old kid in florida he followed these two women home waited for them to go to sleep and then he killed them 
he like oh snuck in God. their window and found the sharpest knife he could and the first woman he caught her off guard and he stabbed her in the chest like 12 times but then the second woman heard the whole thing and so she tried to go in and like stop him or whatever and she fucked him up pretty good because like looking at his like arrest photo he is fucked up mm-hmm. like i don't <laughs> i don't know what she was using but she, he looks like he got attacked by wolverine i mean he had like scratches all oh over his God. face all over his chest i don't know what she was doing but unfortunately yeah. he ended up killing her too now this is the part that made me think of joel was that <laughs> so he's leaving the house he's all bloody from his own blood and theirs this Mm. child goes next door next door knocks on the door and tells the person that he needs assistance oh my gosh (laughs) because he's been attacked and it was like 6 a.m and the person's like yeah we're just gonna (laughs) (laughs) they called the cops right because they're like this dude's fucking plus it's florida all crazy, yeah, all kinds of crazy like, shit happens in Florida. And when the police oh show gosh. up and ask him what happened, he's like, oh, well, I killed those two women and they attacked me. Like, he didn't even, like, hesitate. Yeah, it's like, how'd you get in their house? <laughs> they invite you in? Like, <laughs> right. He was, I mean, like, he, it was, like, almost immediately told them that he did it and even told them, like, how he got in the house and everything. And he didn't know them at all. No. Yeah. He didn't know them. There was no rhyme or reason for it. Like, people around him were like, well, he's been socially distant, but we never thought he would kill. And I feel like that's, like, the fucking explanation for everybody. We had no idea that that person would kill. And I'm like, I don't know, because, like, some of these people, how do you not know that that's what they're Hey, squirrel friends. So I actually had to stop that podcast or that episode between Chris and I because, well, we just kept talking. So I'm actually making this a two-parter. So that means you're going to have to listen in again on Tuesday to hear the rest of this crazy tale between the two of us. So as always, if you can't love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love anybody else? Can I get an amen? All right, y'all. Have a good night. I love you.